I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 276 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have another exciting week of celebrating fatherhood and family life coming at you. I received a ton of great feedback from my interview with Dana White, and I had the honor of meeting Dana over the weekend. He invited my wife and I to join him at UFC 244 over at Madison Square Garden, and it was such an amazing experience. Dana brought us back to the inner sanctuary there at the UFC on the ground floor into his private suite. And the treatment we received there was first class all the way around. I had a great conversation with Dana. He's really a big fan of the podcast here, and it was such an honor to have him on the show. If you missed my interview with the UFC president, I highly recommend you flip it back one episode here and take a listen. And I threw up some pictures of what was just an incredible night for my wife and I there. If you want to check them out, go to my Instagram at Alec underscore Lace and follow me over there for all the latest upcoming guest announcements. As for this week, I'm going to get the action started with a dad who is known as an armchair philosopher. He is a comedian and the host of his own show. Chad Prather will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to feature the fastest rugby player on the planet. Carlin Isles will be here with me on Tuesday. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Warrior Wednesday this week, we're going to look to the skies. Former F-16 fighter pilot David Gentner, call sign Finch, will be stopping by the podcast. Thursday, I will be joined by a former number one pick of the NFL draft. He is also a Heisman Trophy winner. Carson Palmer, who had a tremendous NFL career, is going to be here on Thursday. And Friday, we are going to return to our Frogman Friday format. I'm going to be joined here by retired Navy SEAL and now dog musher up in Alaska. Jeff Reed will be here for an awesome Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. All right, guys. So please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Chad Prather. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, dads, are you looking to boost your energy level? Strikeforce Energy has got you covered. With a Strikeforce Energy Packet, you can turn any beverage into an energy drink. Their original energy packets contain no sugar, no calories, just an explosion of energy and flavor added to any beverage. Strikeforce Energy is veteran-owned, and all their products are made right here in the United States. Co-founded by Navy SEAL Sean Matson, Strikeforce Energy blows away the energy drink competition. Right now, first-class fatherhood listeners can save 15% off their purchase by visiting StrikeForceEnergy.com and using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Strikeforce Energy turns any beverage into an energy drink. Get yours today. StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is an American humorist and an armchair philosopher. He has been featured on Fox News and Country Living Magazine and a slew of other major networks. He is the host of the Chad Prather Show. It is so cool for me to say, Chad Prather, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. It is good to talk to you. Good to be on the show. All right, let's start it like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? (laughs) I got five kids. I uh, often often joke that I've got a wife, three dogs, a cat, five kids, and a vasectomy. That's the best twenty five dollar office copay I ever spent. But no, I've got uh, I've got five. I've got uh, they're twenty one. Actually, this next week uh, will be twenty two and twenty. 
and then I've got a 15 year old, and I've got two at 12. So we got a we got a house full. Yeah, that's awesome. I got four myself. We have uh, our three boys. Then we got the girl on the fourth try. If not, I'd have five right along there with you. Yeah, well, that was the same way with us. We've uh, you know I've got three three girls, and then I had a boy, and then uh, number five is actually my stepson. So. <clears throat> but I don't even think of him that way. I, I think he's probably more like me than the rest of them, and, and he's not even my biological kid. But So it's kind of interesting the way that worked out. Yeah, very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities are they all into or were they into? Well, my uh, my uh, oldest daughter, she is a writer, and she's uh, she's at a university across the country down in the southeast, and she's uh, she's already published four books, actually, starting from the age of 16. Then I've got another daughter uh, who is on a dance scholarship at another university. She's a ballerina, uh, does ballet, teaches ballet, so pretty incredible dancer there. And then I've got my uh, social butterfly daughter who is just the, the queen of the high school there. And uh, then my one of my boys actually came in seventh in the nation in mathematics here recently in the beta competition nationwide so we're pretty proud of that i don't know where that kid came from uh he'll be he'll be <clears throat> he'll be building rockets here before long and uh you know he's 12 years old and already taking college math which just blows my mind and then uh, our, my stepson he's a he's the uh, middle school quarterback for the football team and threw for a couple of touchdowns just this past uh three days ago so you know they, they are it's funny how unique they all are uh, they all have their own interests, and we've always supported that. And just, you know, it was funny talking about my my one of my daughters that's the ballet dancer, and uh, my other two daughters took ballet when they were little. And, you know, that was one of those, it was kind of like, you know, you watch American Idol, and you see these people who can't sing, and it's like, who who let them do this without telling them, you know? <laughs> and so, right. For me, we sat our, you know, two of our daughters down. We said, look, this, this this is not your future. This is not what, you know, hey, if you want to do it for fun, that's fine. That's great. But this is not what God has for you. And so it was, and of course, it sounds kind of rough to do, but in, in the long run, that's what parenting is, you know. you, uh, I think it's up to the parent to make sure that you kind of create not only that, um, let them form their identity, but help them shape their destiny and where they need to go. And so I love the uniqueness of all five kids. Yeah, well said. Yeah, very talented family for sure. And if you could, Chad, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. So I uh, I grew up in the state of Georgia, went to the University of Georgia, bounced around the southeast for a little while, and then finally moved out to Texas about 20 years ago. I've, uh, I've always used uh, – <laughs> one of those guys who runs his mouth for a living. So I've, I've always been doing television and radio and uh, then wound up doing a lot of social media content creation, which turned into some viral aspects of putting videos out that were kind of observational humor and just things about family and faith and life in general, culture in America, politics. And that, that that grew so big that it turned into doing live shows of comedy and humor all across the country. You know, so we've been doing that for the last five years and still are out touring, crisscrossing the country. In fact I'm out in I'm in uh, Southern California right now, head to I got a got a show here last night, got a show here uh tonight, and then I've got 
I'm headed to Indiana tomorrow for another one. Then I'm in Nashville over the weekend. So it, it gets it gets kind of crazy, but it's it's a lot of fun to be able to go out there and kind of share humor with America and 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 you know have a, and have just a blast doing it. And so you know we're out there. I've got a, I've got a podcast which is is pretty large, the Chad Prather Show. We have a lot of fun. That's Monday through Thursday night. We do that through Blaze TV. People can watch it on YouTube uh, each night, or they can listen to it, of course, for podcasts are available. And a lot of people, you know, the question they ask me is, how does it work having family and and traveling as much as we do and as busy as we are? My wife is a nurse practitioner uh, at a pediatric clinic. And I just tell people, I said, if it weren't for my family being the way they are and how they are and being uh, independent and, and able to just kind of, go with the flow on things, I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. And so uh, it, it's it's a beautiful thing because I, I figured out early on with with when they were young, I said, I want to teach them values. You know, a lot of times we want to teach them right from wrong. Well, right from wrong can be different in different situations. You know, most things, you know, sometimes you get those gray areas. Not Everything's not just a black and white decision. So I said, if you teach them values, if you teach them to value the right things, then when it comes time to make that decision, they're going to choose according to their values, and typically they're going to choose make the right decision because they don't want to choose against their values in, in a situation. And so thankfully i got five kids that, that have really lived that way, and it's enabled us to be able to have a big family, still pursue career, and when we're together, it's quality time. When we're together, we spend the time together, and we make the time to be together. And uh, and and it's really it's a juggle, but we've kind of gotten it down to somewhat of a fine science. Yeah, I, and I love what you do, Chad. And you know, I speak about it all the time on my podcast. I feel like there's an attack in this country on fatherhood, but on family life in general. And it seems like it's re- resulted in this huge fatherless crisis that we have in the country right now. And uh, I think that's. Really, like what you're saying, I think we definitely could use more of is, is the family values. I think God has been removed from so much of our society. And I think if we could just, you know, tighten up our family units and, and get God back into society here, most of our problems that we have would start to just go away here. You know, I do a lot of stuff with Fox News. I was on Fox and Friends, I believe it was last year. And I think Variety Magazine came out with an article. And on the cover, they it was called The Rise of the Beta Male. And, you know, they were, we were talking about masculinity and the quote-unquote toxic masculinity that gets tossed around a lot. And there has been a war on traditional masculinity. Now, masculinity doesn't mean, in my opinion, doesn't mean that you got hair on your chest and you're the brawny guy and, you know, you chop trees down for a living. That's not necessarily what it is. Masculinity is a mindset. And I believe that toxic masculinity is an oxymoron. If it's toxic, it's not truly masculine. And if it's masculine, it's not toxic. Toxic. Um, you know, the stuff that parades itself around as the as the guy out there that you don't want to be, that's it may be toxic, but that's definitely not masculinity. And so what I what I've tried to do is say, look, I want my kids to be who they are. I want you to be who God created you to be, and I as a parent, as a father, want to be strong enough to help you determine that. Because I think that you know, we have kids these days who are getting out of college. They're graduating after four or five years, spending tens of thousands of dollars, in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars, to get a college education. And they 
they, they're graduating with a degree in undecided because the parent did not help them shape who they were. They didn't help give them some guidelines and sit them down, like talking about the dancing thing, where you say, look, this is not what the grace God has on your life. It's probably this. And I think if you'll pursue this, you're going to be much more fulfilled in life. And I think that's the parent's, you know, ability to, to have that direction. You know, you take a uh, um, you take a laser beam. A laser beam can be used to harm. It can be used to heal. And young people tend to be very narrow, kind of like a laser beam. They can't their their focus isn't very wide. You know, it's almost like they're they've got blinders on. They're singularly focused and they're moving forward. The parent who has that wider field of vision, hopefully because of their experience, should be able to help that child. You know, kind of guide that child through so that so that that focus of that that laser focus that the kid has is used more for for healing than it is for hurting and 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 so many people shy away from that these days they shy away from discipline they shy away from uh you know really speaking into their kid's life asking the hard questions being vulnerable themselves you know dads should be able to say hey i'm sorry i was wrong you heard me say this to your mother. I should not have said this to your mother. I should not have said this to you. You know, because let's face it, we're men. We, we sometimes we get angry. Sometimes we lose it, or something like that. And and to be able to go to your kid and say, "Look, this is a situation in which I was wrong, and I want you to see that. And it's okay to be wrong, but it's also okay to come back and admit when you're wrong." Those are the things that so many people don't want to do when it comes to their kids. And and even the things subtly like a rebuke. You know, you can't rebuke somebody unless you love them. Uh, and and to be able to go and, and correct, you know, correct your child, so much of that is missing. And you bring up fatherless homes. Look, that's, that's epidemic in America today. And especially, for instance, in the black community, which – which I've always been, you know, it, it, it's amazing when you have 75% of fatherless homes in the black community, and, and that is a real issue. And I know so many of my good friends who work closely in the, the, the black and urban community to, to work with that, to deal with that. And, to, and it, what happens is mainstream media and culture these days wants to just sweep that under the rug. Like, how dare we talk about something like that? But it's become epidemic. And, you know, that's that's the thing that gets me in trouble a lot is I'm, I'm bold enough just to bring it up and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's important that you do. I mean, I, I, I was speaking about, I mean, I've had the guys like Alan West on the show and, and Titus O'Neill, and these guys have spoken to that themselves from the, you know, from their own neighborhoods. And sure. even when we, ha- when we had the situation in Baltimore over the summer there, everyone was pointing to the economics, the politicians. But in Baltimore, it's something like 70% of the teenagers are growing up without a father in the home, and nobody wanted to talk about that point. Yeah, and, and it's never, it, it, and it doesn't matter about race. It doesn't matter about you know your your ethnicity or your or your particular background or your circumstances. It's not a mother's role. People hate when they say stuff like this. It's not a mother's role to also be the father. That's just not the way the family unit unit you know that nuclear family. That's not the design. And, and here's what I tell people. I say, you want peace in your life, you got to have the right government in your life. So what do I mean by that? If 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 you're if you're going to have peace, you got to have order. If you're going to have order, you got to have government. So your car rides down the road and it is smooth. Hopefully, it's not shaking all apart. It, there's peace in your automobile because it's working in order. 
And the reason it's working in order is because someone sat down with a blueprint and they governed out how that thing was going to be built, okay? And so when that government is there, the blueprint is followed. There's order which leads to peace. And I tell people all the time, I said, look, if you want peace in your home, if you want peace in your home, you've got to have order in your home, and that order comes from it being properly governed. And the proper government happens when you have a man and a woman who are coming together as not only a husband and wife, which that is the priority, but then they are parents. And as parents, that is their job. They govern the home. And I go one step further. If you want peace in your life, you've got to have order. And the only way you can have that is through the kingdom of God, which is directing your life. And we've lost all of that, man. You know, that, the idea of even talking about that has become so taboo. But yet people's lives are falling apart, and they're looking around going, Oh, my God, what's going on with my kids? You didn't govern your kids. Your role was to govern your kids, but you abandoned them. And what did you do? You turned them over to a crazy uh, – quite honestly, I'll just be – I'll label it. I'll be honest. It, it, quite honestly, we've turned them over to this socialist idea of education that is being uh, manifested through the federal government that they don't care about your kids. They're just churning kids out. And then you're going to send them off to these higher institutions. And look. I've done it. You know, two of my daughters, two different universities, and, and I told them, I said, I ain't sending you to some academic bubble where some professor who's never practiced his theories out in the real world is going to indoctrinate your mind so that you come home with a bunch of weird ideologies. I said, I will not fund bad ideologies coming home. I said, so to the degree that you can be responsible enough to go get an education that's useful and come back out and apply that trade use that degree. We're going to do this. I said, but do not come home with a bunch of crazy nonsense that you know is not right. And uh, what are we doing? We're turning our kids' minds over to all of these people out here. That's not government. That's not parenting, and that's not right. Yeah, I agree with you, Chad, and I talk about that a lot. I drive Uber on the weekends, and mostly college kids or kids just out of college, and it's it's so frightening to listen to them uh, especially when they talk about what they're majoring in and what they plan on doing with this major. And they really, so many of them seem lost. And, and, and you know, my oldest is only 13. He's just about to start high school next year. And, uh, you know, you've been there and done that. I brought a lot of entrepreneurs on the show here and asked them about whether or not it's necessary to send your kids to college. And uh, I'm not sure how I really feel about it. It seems like there's such, you know, unless you're going for, you know, doctor, lawyer or something specific, it seems like there's a much better way and so many other opportunities today via the Internet. There really is. Uh, you take my. I, I give you a couple of examples. In it, nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with combat flags. Combat flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. You know, you've been there and done that. I brought a lot of entrepreneurs on the show here and asked them about whether or not it's necessary to send your kids to college. And uh, I'm not sure how I really feel about it. It seems like there's such, you know, unless you're going for, you know, doctor, lawyer or something specific, it seems like there's a much better way and so many other opportunities today via the Internet. 
There really is. Uh, you take my – give you a couple of examples. And, and, look, I'm a big fan and also a friend of Mike Rowe. Mike does such a phenomenal job of talking about, uh, you know, in promoting causes that help, you know, skill trades that are out there and how people can go out there and, and make really great money with a skill trade and they're not hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt from a college education. But a couple of examples. You take – I mentioned my daughter who is – she's a dancer. She goes to a university, one of the few in – the country that actually has that program and will offer you a scholarship in that. And, and she's got it. And I said, and they'll, offer, they'll let you major in it, believe it or not. And I said, you can do this, but you can't go major in dance. Okay. I said, that's not a major. She says, yeah, but I want to run a studio one day. And I said, look, lofty goal. I love it. It's, a, it's perfectly attainable. I believe in that. You know, that's, I believe that is your future. I said, but, you got to do business. You got to do marketing. I said you can't just major in dance. You know, take seven dance classes a semester and then come out and expect to successfully ever run any kind of a business. So that's one of those things that, that you alluded to there. And then you take my wife. My wife was a registered nurse, a bachelor bachelor of science nursing, and she decided a few years ago that she wanted to go back get her master's degree and become a nurse practitioner. She did it one hundred percent online. 100% online. Took a little bit longer, but here you had people who go to a certain university close to where we live, which is a private college, to get the same degree. She spent, over a course of three years, she spent the total of her degree program doing it online cost just as much as what those people are spending per semester. So there are wow. ways to go out there and do it, and there's ways, it, 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 people just forget that. Because again, you know, we, we've bought into this lie that college and, and sending your kids off is supposed to be some kind of experience where they go out. And, they, I, and I do believe that. I believe you need to learn how to be independent, live on your own. But you don't have to go out there and go to frat parties. You don't have to date sorority girls. You don't have to have all of that. You know, is that fun? Yeah, that's fun. Go have fun. But, but that's not what college is. And we've bought into this idea of this collegiate world in which we go out there and we party and we test our – you know, we, we test things and temptations and blah, 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 and all these stuff. That, and and it's, it's education actually becomes secondary. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I see that a lot. And it seems like, too, uh, you know, especially yes. what you're doing, it seems like right now, like, free speech is okay as long as you're not, uh, you know, uh, directing it at, like, a, a liberal because then it becomes hate speech. And I know a lot of what you do uh, comes with a lot of uh, criticism. Now, has any of the criticism ever gotten to your kids, or, or how do they kind of handle any of the criticism that kind of comes your way? So one of the things that we do is, uh, you know, I've got kids. They've got social media accounts that are on there. I don't. I'm not connected with them on social media simply because my social media is so large and we've never wanted them to be targets in any way. Uh, we don't post, uh, typically don't post pictures of the kids. We have, we have one who's fine with it and okay with it. He's, he's pretty strong, pretty tough. And his mom will do a lot of that, you know, put some stuff on social media, but we don't post pictures. We don't talk about where the kids go to school you know, because we do get a lot of that pushback, and, and we live in a very, you know, the world's always been dangerous, but these days the world is also very public, and the, the world's gotten very small in terms of the ability to find people and to harass people and things like that. And so, you know, we've tried to take the extra measures to be able to, to hide their identity or at least 
uh, keep them innocent in the whole thing. Because, you know, I, I, it's kind of like when Tucker Carlson's uh, house kind of got attacked by those people who were banging on the doors and, and throwing stuff at it. And his wife was hiding in the pantry. Um, you know, that, that's the world we live in these days. You just never know. Cause obviously, people are crazy. They've always been crazy. But it seems like they're even crazier today. And I, I'm one of those guys who definitely goes against the grain and I'm going to say what's on my mind. I'm going to say things that tend to be a little more traditional values and certainly traditional American values. And people don't like that because if you say anything in discourse that goes against the winds of culture right now, then you can lose everything. You can lose your career. You can lose you know, your job. You can lose your fortune. You can lose all these different things, certainly your reputation. If you're in the entertainment world, you'll, I mean, I look – they, they, you know, I'm, I'm represented out of LA, out of Hollywood. My manager and my agency is there. And, uh, you know, Hollywood, they, they, we've done tons of stuff with the networks out there over the years, but they're at a point now where they won't have anything to do with me simply because I'm right leaning and I'm an outspoken conservative and they won't have anything to do with you. So, you know, that's the culture we live in and they're trying to control it. It's a bully tactic and we've done everything we can to try to keep the kids protected from that. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and it's amazing the influence that all this stuff has. Like, just because uh, I know The Joker is a popular movie right now, and apparently one of the staircases that they use is one from the Bronx. There. And now these, uh, these, this community there in the Bronx, they got hundreds of people showing up to take pictures at this staircase just because it was in the movie. So it's amazing the influence <laughs> that this stuff has on people. It really is, man. And, and the advent of social media has been a blessing and a curse. We're all addicted to this Internet. You know, we've got a little, we've got a supercomputer. You know, we're talking over one right now. You know, we've got these little supercomputers in our hands and in our pockets all the time. And they're with us everywhere we go. And it's amazing how how the world, is just, it's gotten, it's just gotten smaller and people are in your business. And I always tell people, I say, you know, we've always written our stories on a wall, whether it was an Egyptian hieroglyphic or it was, an, it was a, you know, Native American cave drawing, for instance. And, and for, you know, Thousands of years, we told our story and kept for posterity through what we were writing on a wall. These days, we're writing stories on a digital wall, which is social media, and it's there forever. And people are putting stuff out there without responsibility, without accountability. And, uh, you know, you've got the quote-unquote, uh, the proverbial keyboard warrior or the Internet troll that's out there. And it's a, it's a thing. I mean, it's a psychological thing that exists out there. These Machiavellian tendencies, these narcissistic tendencies that go out where you're like, hey, I'm just going to go out and, uh, and, and you're, you're kind of laid bare to it. You know, you're laid bare to the attacks. So it, it's interesting how small the world has gotten both with mainstream media, 24-hour, seven news cycles that have got to be talking to you. Or like you mentioned, you know, Joker in you know, Hollywood makes it's, – it's right there in front of you. You know, now you have this location you can go and sort of glorify – and then social media, which is just bombarding you with information, some of it true, most of it false. And it's up, it's up to our kids these days. We've got to help them navigate this world that we're living in. Yeah, yeah we do. And I'll tell you what, on the flip side of that too, Chad, the opportunity that this has created, this thing in my pocket here, has been unbelievable because what I'm able to do, who I've been able to speak to, is, is been just it blows my mind. And you know, if, if you use this thing in the right direction, it, I've talked to guys that went from being broke to being multimillionaires because of this thing. So uh, <laughs> right. it's really, it's all a matter on how you look at it. Yeah, I, wanted to, I, I was going to throw it back to you as a dad here talking about discipline because you do so much of the comedy and stuff like that. Do your kids ever have uh, 
uh, difficulty knowing when you're serious and when you're joking around, and how do you kind of handle discipline with the kids? Well, we, you know, we're a pretty fun-loving family. Uh, we're we're pretty fun-loving, and we like to have a good time, and we have fun. And, you know, that's a, that's a good question because in some cases, you know, if you're always joking with your kids, uh, sometimes it's hard to know when you're being serious and there's a time to be serious. But here's the difference. I've always said that it's our job to be the parent and not the friend. Uh, be friendly with your kids and, and, you know, have open communication and be friends with your kids. But your first priority is not to be their friend. Have fun with them. Uh, but then they know they know the limitations, and you know it, it's your kids. They know when you're being serious. They know when you're you know it's it's time to let's let's have an honest talk here. They especially know it with their mom because she's she's very black and white. She'll smack you around. <laughs> she, I mean, you know, she <laughs> she's very much the disciplinar disciplinarian. But yeah, that's um uh. So we we my wife and I kind of form a fine balance with that. It works out pretty well. But yeah, we we have a lot of fun, and uh, but they they know when they know when Dad's being serious. <laughs> yeah, and that, are any of the kids themselves are any of them into comedy at all, or any of them uh, interested in doing something like uh, following in your footsteps? You know, I think you know I've got I've got one that I think I've got one son that my stepson actually I think I think probably it's going to be hard to not to keep him out of the footsteps. Uh, it, he's just he's just wired that way. Then I've got a, a daughter in high school. She is the social butterfly. She is the one that, you know, she's the class leader and everything. So it'll be interesting to watch and see how it all goes. Okay, yeah, and you obviously have a lot of success going here with the Chad Prather Show and everything like this. What kind of plans or goals do you have here for yourself for the future? Man, I tell you, you know, we're on the road so much and, and having a blast doing that. It's one of my favorite things is being on stage in front of people and, uh, we're, we're kind of remolding how we travel and how we go because it can be much. It, it, it can get out of hand. You know, when you've got guys in L.A. that are trying to set a schedule for you, they don't have to go, uh, but you do. And so, you know, we're, we're reworking that right now. And I really, really wanting, you know, that podcast, which I call it a podcast, but it's really more like a daily show because you can watch it. We've got a beautiful set, got a great team, great staff, great crew. I really would like to see the Chad Fraser show continue to grow. It's it's a large show, but but we really want to see that continue to grow in exposure. And hopefully in the days ahead, you know, if we we keep our head on straight, it'll it'll do that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you may have touched on this a little bit in some of your uh, answers earlier, but I love to ask the last thing I'm going to hit you with here. I love to ask all the dads that get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Uh, you're not the first father ever. Uh, you know, we've been doing this thing for millennia. Uh, you're going to be okay. Uh, and I'll tell you, you know, I can remember all of my, all of my kids were born a month premature and all healthy, but born a month premature. And so you've got that little glow worm, you know, in the bassinet all wrapped up in that blanket and, you know, you constantly want to go over and put your finger over in front of their nose to make sure they're breathing and you touch them to make sure their chest is rising and you kind of have that nervousness by the and i've always said if you, if you can have two you can have a hundred by the time you get to that fourth one you don't even boil the pacifier anymore when it falls in the dirt you just stick it right <laughs> back in their mouth these kids are resilient they really are and if you the, the biggest thing i say is don't worry um they're they're, they're hard to damage <laughs> you know god gave them a skull for a reason 
just be there for them. Be there for them. Be open. Be honest. Be transparent. And and I guarantee you, uh, especially if you have a little girl, my gosh, the the changes in a man that happen when they have a little girl. You know, just be there for them, and you're going to be a successful dad. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. i got to say, Chad Prather, you are a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first-class fatherhood. Good deal, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's a fun talk. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Chad Prather for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so awesome. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Got a lot of action still to come your way. Tomorrow we have the world's fastest rugby player, Carlin Isles, will be here with me. Wednesday we have got a former F-16 fighter pilot, David Gentner, call sign Finch. All right, and then also Thursday, we got Carson Palmer, a legendary NFL quarterback. And then Friday, we return with a Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood with former Navy SEAL Jeff Reed. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.